Thank you for joining us for the second uh, episode of The Worst Steps. We have Bill Jager today. Uh, I'll let him introduce himself. Hi, Beza. Hi, how's it going? Good. Um, Bill Jager. I'm the Vice President for Early Childhood and Policy Initiatives here at the Children's Campaign. Thank you for joining us this morning uh, to talk about Full Day Kindergarten. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I have a lot of questions since I know nothing about Full Day Kindergarten. <laughs> Um, so you want one of the main uh, policy agendas that the governors uh, talked about in his state of state. So can you give us the landscape of what Colorado stands and what this means for Colorado kids and kind of walk us through where the priorities are for the Colorado Children's Campaign? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's an interesting case where um, people are surprised that this needs to be on the policy agenda in 2018. Uh, 78% of kids in Colorado attended a full-day kindergarten last year experience. And so the idea that somehow that's happening, but the state is not investing in full-day kindergarten is really where the issue lies. There's not a community in Colorado that isn't suffering in one way or another for the failure of the state to invest in full-day kindergarten. It means either parents are paying tuition and oftentimes $300, $400, $500 a month just to make sure their child has access to a full day and that access isn't equitably distributed. Uh, There are communities that help families of low income afford full day kindergarten, but there are a lot of communities where you're on your own, uh, where you have to figure it out on the parent tuition side. So you're you're paying for a public good that the state is not investing in. Yes. And uh, you said that in the second person. Yes, I, I am personally, <laughs> my wife and so I. So you, you're paying for... <laughs> That's right. Shane, our son, five years old. Uh, he is in our local uh, public elementary school and we pay $300 a month uh, for him to access a full day. And it's a substantial investment. I think compared to childcare or compared to most preschool costs, it's lower But when we uh, have these costs to access something like a public good, uh, it means that not everybody gets access. So it seems like it's built into the system that we know we don't have enough investment in full day kindergarten. So where are kind of the solutions like what what is the what is the outcome that that you're looking for? Yeah, you know. Parent tuition is a big piece of the puzzle in a lot of communities, but there's a lot of communities where it's not the real challenge. We have in Colorado 178 school districts. Okay. 147 of those in Colorado are considered rural um, school districts. When we look at those rural school districts, all of them, except for about a dozen, have all of their kids in full-day kindergarten today, and by and large, they aren't charging tuition for it. Wow. So the question is, how are they doing that? Yeah, how are they doing that? (laughs) How are they doing that is they're pulling from somewhere else. So that means in rural communities that you're dealing with potentially larger class sizes, lower teacher pay, fewer supports for children, because the district has said, you know what, our families are expecting a full day kindergarten experience. We see a return on that investment from academic preparedness. So we're going to make that a priority. But when the state only pays for a half day, you're leaving those communities up in a series of challenges on how they pay for it. So where where does this legacy of the state not paying uh, its fair share come from? Yeah, it's an interesting history. Uh, we'd been paying for a half-day kindergarten for uh, decades and decades. 
And in 2008, the legislature said the research is there. The parent demand is there. School districts are trying to respond to this. And let's put ourselves on a path to fully fund full-day kindergarten. And so in 2008, a bill passed that incrementally increased the payment for a full day from a half day to just a little bit more than a half day. And it said, let's stair-step up over the coming years, and we'll try to get to a 1.0. The recession hit, and we've been left for the last 10 years with just paying for slightly more than a half day. Um. So I think the other interesting piece here is how full day kindergarten would kind of interact with K to 12 education. So can you talk to us the mm-hmm. relationship between those two kind of large systems? So it's interesting that we have somehow thought of kindergarten as not part of the larger education continuum. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes from sort of the brain science back when we were sort of building our our public education system, not being where it is today, which is what we know is that it's much easier to support a strong foundation in a child's life in the early years rather than try to remediate and close gaps in the later years. And so right now, full-day kindergarten is sort of part of the public education system, but is treated and funded as if it was a uh, uh, kind of a separate of program. Yeah. So uh, if implemented, is this a, an annual investment from the state or is it something like the state would invest X amount of money for the next 10 years? How are you thinking about the finances mm-hmm. given our very restrictive tax code? Yeah. Well, the good news is that Colorado is in a place this budget year to be able to make the full investment in a full day kindergarten and bake it into our school finance formula going forward. Oh, that's exciting. Yes, not to just treat it as a would-be-nice-to-have or if you've got the disposable income to pay the tuition or Mm -hmm. if you're a school district that's willing to cut from somewhere, to start really saying let's do right by our five-year-olds in this state Mm -hmm. and fully fund access to a full day. So it would be fully funded in the governor's proposal and the budget we expect to see this year – or sorry, this week – Oh, that's uh, that he releases. And at that point, it becomes part of the public education system as it should have been all along. So you talked uh, earlier a little bit about how school districts are pulling resources to fund full day K. Uh, what kind of investments do you expect to see school districts to make once the state funds full day? Yeah, that's a great question. I was talking to a superintendent um, from uh, the mountain, a mountain community, and they're a small community. But they've been doing full-day kindergarten for a long time. And he said if the state fully invests in full-day kindergarten, for us, that's across the board 2% teacher salary increase. Wow, that's, that's a, in a, a very impressive. Yeah, just to keep up alone with the cost of living, yeah. right? That's what yeah. we need to be, be doing. Uh, talked to another superintendent, and he said this is the difference between us hiring in a small rural community, five FTE next year to do things like behavioral health supports, to replace my um, – uh, a teacher that I lost last year, um, or to just do two FDE hires next year. Uh, we know in Denver, uh, they're looking at uh, freeing up uh, 6 to $8 million for new investment in teacher salaries and paraprofessionals and support staff to be able to address the many demands uh, on teacher schedule. So every community might look different in terms of how they would utilize the investment, Um, But there are many communities that would get rid of parent tuition, many communities where families who right now 
don't have their children a full day and are making that choice between does one parent work full time or do they work part time because I have to pick the kid up um, could make that choice uh, where now that it's not really an option. That's that's very exciting. Um, and do you see do you anticipate where are kind of uh, with a major policy solution like this, you would expect some kind of resistance, right? So especially given this is going to have a, I assume, a pretty high physical note, where do you anticipate and how do you plan to engage those points of uh, friction? So I have not met a single person in all of a conversation on this topic that doesn't think that we should be supporting School districts and investing in the early years, children having access to high-quality early childhood experience, um, parents who are paying the tuition costs, there's a lot of enthusiasm for this. Where it comes to be a question is priorities. We have a, a limited amount of resources, and so the question is, where do you put them? And the Children's Campaign has long been an advocate to say, let's target our investments in research-based strategies that show us they make a difference for kids, yeah. and they have a return on investment. So that was my uh, yeah. next question about what, where the research is. Why not pre-K? Why is mm-hmm. it, you know, full K? Yeah, full day kindergarten. This is interesting. Yeah. You know, I think that in some ways uh, there is a strong case to be made. We need to be supporting families as early as possible in a child's life. Mm-hmm. And so for us, this is not a one-off, let's figure this out, and then we're off to something else. It's part of a continuum. Uh, when we talk about investing in pre-K, we're usually talking about four-year-olds. Well, here we're talking about five-year-olds, and it's the same kid. We need to support a kid when they're four years old. We need to support them when they're five. And so for us, it's a both and. Uh, we realize that in many ways there's good momentum and there's an opportunity here to make full-day kindergarten a reality in Colorado, and we've got to do that. And that's a part of the solution has been for 20-plus years at the Children's Campaign part of the agenda. One of the things we're really excited about is right now districts are pulling from pre-K slots to offer full-day kindergarten for many families. So if you fully fund full-day kindergarten, you free up about 5,380 pre-K slots that now can be used to support four-year-olds. Oh, that's exciting. Or three-year-olds. And uh, in our view, based on our research, that's the single largest one-year expansion of pre-K in the history of the state. And it probably is enough of investment to clear the wait list for our state pre-K program. Wow. So it's a bit of a win-win when we think about early childhood education. And if we can tackle full-day kindergarten, make meaningful steps in expanding preschool, we can continue with a much larger early childhood agenda. So if this agenda passes, this probably will be the biggest investment in early childhood for Colorado. I think so. Um, where do you see the next steps? So where are um, you talked a little bit about teachers pay mm-hmm. um, teachers that early childhood are some of them underpaid professionals. So where do you see the next step or what are the other related issues that you're going to be tackling this session? Yeah. So I think that, as you noted, it's a big ask already for early childhood education between a $235 million investment in full-day kindergarten, the freeing up the slots for the single largest expansion of preschool in the history of the state. Um, But we came into this session with a real focus on our early childhood workforce as well. And one of the things we're working on right now is trying to implement a state tax credit to be targeted to our early childhood educators. And that comes from the fact that We know we have real challenges when it comes to teacher pay in the K-12 system, 
and we've heard a lot about that nationally, early childhood educators make half of a kindergarten teacher salary on average in Colorado. And it's a case where parents can't afford to pay more. Providers are operating in the red or at such a slight margin that it's very difficult for them to uh, raise salaries. And teachers are bearing the brunt of our lack of public investment. A tax credit's a, a strategy that's been pioneered in Nebraska and Louisiana with really good success, where rather than ask parents to pay more to raise teacher salaries or providers to somehow absorb a cost that they don't have, instead you use the tax code to offer a refundable tax credit based on an educator's credential level, and so it incentivizes quality and is a way to raise those wages and retain people in the profession. So that's something we're working on. That's very exciting. So um, going back to that uh, full-day kindergarten, uh, these are this program will be funding public mm-hmm. full-day kindergarten. What is the conversation with kind of private providers from this space? And, and is there... Uh, a working relationship and how what would that look after this public after this investment yeah full day kindergarten uh, and kindergarten in general is um, more similar to first grade than it is to pre-k in Colorado so roughly 99% of the kindergarten age children in Colorado are in a public kindergarten right now uh, when we compare sort of first grade enrollment to kindergarten enrollment They're very close, and essentially there are very few children who are not in a public kindergarten who end up in a public first grade. So in many ways, the financing solution is simpler uh, than early childhood in general, where by and large, kindergarten is offered through public schools and is funded through public schools. When it comes to other forms of early childhood education, preschool, child care, there's a mixed delivery system out there where you have community-based providers who are offering infant and toddler child care and preschool. And in many ways, it's not by and large offered through school districts. So when we think about the future of preschool and the future of child care, we need a much different approach that accounts for that mixed delivery system. And mm-hmm. I think that's where the next conversation goes mm-hmm. once we get full day kindergarten done. Um, so if full, full day kindergarten is kind of the 2019 priority, uh, would that have consequences for these kind of mixed delivery systems in early childhood. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting case where preschool, if not done correctly, when we think about expanding access, uh, can have unintended consequences for infant and toddler child care. Mm-hmm. So community-based preschools offer usually infant toddler child care and some kind of preschool. If all those three and four-year-olds in that preschool classroom were to only be able to access public preschool at the local elementary school, you pull all those kids out of that community-based preschool, and the only thing left is infant-toddler child care. Mm-hmm. Well, infant-toddler child care is so expensive to offer, parents can barely afford it now. There's a little bit of an element where providers offset the high cost of infant-toddler care with the comparatively lower cost of preschool. Um, you can have five infants to one teacher in mm-hmm. an infant classroom. You can have up to 10 or 11 four-year-olds for one teacher in a pre-K classroom. Mm -hmm. So just the math, the economics of offering infant-toddler care compared to preschool is really hard for a child care provider to to negotiate. And the fear is if all of those three- and four-year-olds are no longer in those community-based settings, Mm -hmm. will anyone be able to uh, afford or be able to offer infant-toddler child care? 
So that's that mixed delivery piece where when we figure out the investment for preschool, we have to be smart about it. We have to think about how we account for the important role that our community-based providers are playing Mm -hmm. compared to just our school districts that are offering preschool. Uh, So we talked a lot about Mm -hmm. evidence-based public uh, policy interventions what are some of the you know output measures? What are the things that you would be think, looking at a few years from now onto the successes of full-day kindergarten? Mm-hmm. So I think one is uh, we know that uh, children who have access to a high-quality early childhood, full-day kindergarten experience, uh, have better literacy skills, um, are better prepared uh, for the coming rigors of the math curriculum, And so one of the most straightforward measures is third grade reading. Um, There's a heavy focus on early literacy, and that's our first statewide assessment of children's literacy preparedness, standards-based assessment. So third grade will be a place we're looking. I think where it gets a little bit harder with the type of you measure what you can rather than you measure what matters um, is some of the greatest benefits of early childhood education really come from the social-emotional development of children the executive function where they're able to self-regulate, know how to take turns, learn routines, um, the enriching opportunities that happen in the latter half of a full-day kindergarten experience. So in many schools, there's a heavy focus on uh, reading and writing and science and math in the morning because that's when we have the day fully funded. In the afternoon, there tend to be the things that right now are treated as enrichment, but they're things we want all kids to have. Art, physical education, music, uh, recess, uh, or a lunch that you have the time to eat during, you know, mm-hmm. all of those things that sort of are treated in some ways as be nice to have, but we know have some of the greatest benefits for children's non-cognitive development. Those non-cognitive skills, in, in my view, are some of the greatest benefits of early childhood education. Uh, they're much harder to measure in sort of that statewide, how will we know it works? But I do think they translate in the long term to persistence in school, um, greater focus in school, greater probability of high school graduation. We have to take the long view and really think about what are all the things that might tell us uh, we're supporting kids out of the gate in a in the proper way. So I think leading to that is uh, what are the equity um, kind of realities here? Mm-hmm. So what are the kids that would benefit the most out of this? And what does that mean for our not just the kiddos, but what does that mean for the families, mm-hmm. economic security, and also the for the state economic growth if a parent is actually working instead of setting, you know, staying home because they can't afford yeah. um, childcare. In many ways, these investments are investments that let families decide for themselves how they want their economic, their family's future to look. Right now, we kind of leave people to figure out on your own until your kid's in first grade. And and that doesn't allow people to make the types of choices that we want people empowered to make, whether it be I want to have my child enrolled in a half day and work with them in, in the rest of the day, or I really need to work, but I can't afford to work right now. Um, in many ways, early childhood education is thought of as a two-generation approach. We support the first generation, the younger generation, with access to a high-quality early learning experience, which puts them on a path to school readiness, third-grade reading, life success. And then the older generation is supported in being able to participate in the workforce, uh, uh, make choices about their own family's economic future. 
in Colorado right now, if you are living in a number of school districts where there's no support for the second half of the day, you don't have a choice. And that's inequitable, particularly if you're low income, uh, if your families have low income. But we also know that um, families want to be able to have the choices between um, working or not or enrolling my child or not. And right now we kind of leave it up to your zip code. Um, I think that covers some of the big questions I have. But um, the last thing that uh, I think I want to touch on is some. what are some of the other early childhood um, policies other than that we touched a little bit about the um, tax credits. What are some of the other kind of large issues that you're hoping to see the legislator take on, legislators take on Mm -hmm. this session? Yeah, I, you know, we talked a lot about five-year-olds and four-year-olds and pre-K and kindergarten, when in many ways the crisis in early childhood is happening much younger. Uh, we have actually seen a decline in access to infant child care over the last eight years in this state. And that is at a time when Colorado has had one of the fastest growing childhood populations in the country. Mm-hmm. Greater demand for child care, less availability when it comes to infant care. Hence the why it's incredibly expensive. Certainly economics play a fact here. Yeah. Supply, demand. Um, and we think that uh, we have some ideas about what's driving that. Uh, in other instances, we don't know what it is. The regulatory environment, the public investment challenges, all of that combines, I think, to make infant care really hard to offer in the state. And so what we are requesting is the legislature tackle this, that they work um, with the Department of Human Services, our Early Childhood Leadership Commission, to require uh, – a strategic plan be developed to address the decline in infant and family childcare in this state. Um, the K-12 community took this issue on with the teacher shortage a couple of years ago. They required a teacher shortage action plan, and we're seeing the fruits of that effort. We're seeing initiatives out of the legislature around educator loan forgiveness, rural centers for excellence, uh, stipends for educators, uh, revisiting sort of who can teach and under what conditions. It's been a really thoughtful approach, and we think infant um, child care and family child care deserve the same attention. So there's a bill this session that would require the uh, legislature to review a plan developed by the Department of Human Services and our Early Childhood Leadership Commission done in partnership with stakeholders, parents, providers, uh, advocates, business community, so that we enter the 2020 session with a plan in hand to address one of the other big issues. That's very exciting. Uh, Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. And uh, we will talk to you very soon. Talk to you soon. Yeah.